Welcome everyone to Lucha World Podcast episode number 68. Fredo Esparza here. This week we will be previewing DTU's upcoming iPay-Per-View scheduled for this Thursday, along with some thoughts on the recent news around the world of Lucha Libre, including Kamatachi joining Los Ingobernables de Japón, Ultimo Guerrero feuding with Valiente and Caristico, um, some thoughts on Lucha Underground, and just a, a couple of updates on some of the latest news that's happened in the past few days. Um, however, we probably should begin with some sad news. Sorry to report the passing of uh, retired Monterey luchador Jesus Villalobos, better known by his name by his ring name Chucho Villa. Um, he passed he passed away Sunday morning. Uh, the this story is very interesting because um, Chucho Villa's um, Jesus Villalobos. I'll refer to him as Chucho Villa since most of you who are listening probably know him more as. As it, under his um, wrestling name, he his wife Leonor Torres had passed away on Saturday from a um, heart attack. And what's even crazier was that her birthday had happened on Friday, so she, had, her family, I guess friends and family had had, had um, celebrated her birthday on Friday, and on on Saturday she suffered a heart attack and died in the arms of Chucho Villa. While they were while they were um, having a wake for her later late Saturday. Villa also suffered a, a heart attack and was pronounced dead by, um, I guess, early, very early, early hours of um, Sunday morning. From from what um from what while I was looking for some information on on their on Chucho Villa and and what had happened, um, the person that actually provided a lot of the news was um Garza Junior. Triple A's Garza Junior. Um, and he had talked about how um. How Chucho Villa and his wife um, Doña Leonor, as she was as as, they, as she was called, they they had been together for well over fifty years, and um, she, I mean, they were practically inseparable. I, Garza Junior was talking about how how they were they not only not only were they together, you know, when they were at the house, but she would travel with him from from the time he started wrestling or when they finally when they met. He was already wrestling, so he, I, she would travel with him on um, tours throughout Mexico. Um, there's stories of her um, taking her um, the, their son, um, who later, who now wrestled, who wrestled after as um, Tigre Universitario. I think he still wrestles right now. So, but there, it, it's it's a, it's a, it's it's this interesting uh, relationship. Just just um, showing you how much love they had, and um, 
they were they were very well liked with among a lot of the luchadors. A lot of them were um, on their on their Facebook Facebook pages were just in shock that they would both pass away. I mean, over the weekend, uh, within hours of of, of Within hours of um his of Chucho Villa's wife passing away, he passed away. So, a lot of them were talking about how they had just um sent con- their condolences to um Chucho Villa, to Tigre Universitario, and to the rest of the the Villalobos um, family, and they were absolutely in shock that he would die afterwards. As far as Villa's career, I mean, he was basically primarily for most of us, he was primarily just remembered from his time in Monterrey, but he actually has a career that goes back to 1960. Where he first started in his um his in ho- in his own home region or hometown of Matamoros, and um, he spent about four to six years as an independent in that at that time, where um he he traveled from um from Matamoros to um, Ciudad Juarez, Torreon. He then made it all the way to um, Guadalajara. Um, he used a variety of gimmicks at that time before he 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 gained he was given the name Chucho Villa, and actually the person that gave him the name was um Salvador Luteroth. The story that was told by Chucho Villa was that Salvador Luteroth came up with the name Chucho Villa when he invited him to be part of um, um the the main roster in in Arena Mexico back in 1966. He, I mean, for the most part, I think most people just thought of him as a as a ver, uh, as a good undercard wrestler. Um, he. He teamed up with um, he teamed up very early in his career with um, El Bello Greco, when Bello Greco was only known as El Greco. Basically, Bello Greco. This was before Bello Greco became an exotico, so he was just known as El Greco. And um, Chucho Villa had mentioned that he they uh, there's a there's a story of them having won the the they refer to it as the national tag team titles, but a lot of people refer to them as the Arena Coliseo tag team titles. So there's a little bit of a there's a little bit of a lineage issue or like people don't really know where, what the, what the story is behind that. But um, for the most part, most people recognize that as being the, the, from where the Arena Coliseo tag team titles that they had held that, that version. And he was talking about how they actually beat um, El Solitario and, uh, and, uh, and another luchador called El Misterio, El Misterio Negro back in 1968. Uh, there was a really interesting interesting story that he was talking about that um he he um by when they won the belts when they beat um solitario and 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 magia magia um magia misterio negro i keep thinking of magia blank uh, magia negro for some reason misterio negro there they were basically from that point prior to that match they were basically in the, probably the opening second match third match type of luchadors kind of like what you see now like with Raciel and Cancebero or who are or the guys who even hold the Arena Coliseo tag team titles where they're they're basically the the third or fourth match that's kind of what they were at that at that point before they won the belts after they won the belts they went from that from being the the second third match to being semi-main event to main event wrestlers for um for EMLL so at one point since they would travel to um Arena Coliseo de Monterrey for the promoter at that time, Nicolas Veloz. They, they, um, the promoter didn't know who Chucho Villa was. Actually, it wasn't, it wasn't Greco. He, he actually um, brought in Chucho Villa because Chucho Villa was um, living in Monterrey by that point. So um, he brought in, um, he brought in Chucho Villa to wrestle um, and he brought him in and had him wrestle in opening and second matches. And Chucho Villa was fine with it. He had no problem. 
And uh, the promoter, he didn't really know who Chucho Villa was at that time, so he he had no problem with it either. So um, when 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 word got to Salvador Luteroth that um, Chucho Villa, who was one half of the tag team champions from um, national tag team champions and for EMLL, when word got that uh, to Luteroth that that um, that Villa was working opening matches for in Monterrey. Luteroth complained and told um and and was very upset to uh, with um the Monterey promoter, and um the he asked why why were why were you booking him so low low in the card and um and the promoter basically said well you know the guy never com- first of all I didn't know who he was and second I mean Via never complained so he 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 didn't mind he he figured he didn't have a problem with it so Luteroth basically from that point forward made him understand that he could not work opening matches. And from that point forward, he was basically working higher on the cards on Monterey, and and you know throughout his career, he spent 15 years in um in EMLL. In 1976, he along with his wife and um, son Tigre Universitario at a, I think I don't remember how old he was at that time. They were traveling on a bus, and they were in an accident, and his wife and Tigre Universitario, his son, were fine. I think uh, I think his son only suffered like a like a a cut in his ear or something, but Chucho Villa actually suffered what what many at that time thought were were career ending injuries. Um, he basically suffered a leg injury that required um uh, required them putting pins into his leg. Uh, there it wasn't very specific what the injury was, but they basically told him his career was over, and um. I think he was living at that time in Monterey. So um, the promoter from Monterey who had actually previously, you know, had used him as an undercard guy and was scolded by Luteroth, went over and showed up, showed up at the hospital to see him. And he basically told him while, while, while Villa was rehabbing, because everybody was telling Villa his career was over. He spent two years rehabbing from this injury. And um, basically the, 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 the promoter basically told him if he, it would be a shock to him that he, if he would ever come back and basically told him, if you came back, it would be like a resurrection, basically. And so from that point forward, Villa was very motivated to prove everybody wrong. And when he came back, he decided that he would wrestle under a mask and become um, Russell as El, Resuciti- El Resucitado, which is um, translated to the resurrected. And um, he actually ended up, he continued to wrestle. I mean, from, I think he came back in 78, he wrestled in part, uh, he returned for it to EMLL, but basically by that point, he basically was more of a Monterey luchador. So, so but he was still splitting his time going back to EMLL where he, um, um, he got to team up with a Nazi. He actually got to see some of the, he got to feud with some of the, the early high flyers of that era, like Kato Kung Lee, um, Kung Fu. And in Arena Revolución in Mexico City, he got to feud with, um, Satoru Sayama, Tiger Mask. And, from that point forward, he he basically had reestablished himself as as a, an, again, you know, as as a pretty reliable hand. So when he was back in Monterey, he started. Um, he he they talked about him feuding with guys like Rosado Reese, Averno's father. Um, he lost his mask to Centurion Negro in 1983. The funny thing is, um, they don't really know the exact date. If you ask. Chucho Villa, he basically thought, he just assumed, he just knows it happened in Torreon, Coahuila, but he did not know um, the specific, the exact date. I don't even think he knew the year. Someone else found out that it was in 1983. It might have been, um, it might have been Centurion Negro, because that guy would probably remember that. 
So um, Chucho Villa continued to wrestle after that for, um, actually after he dropped the name, El Resucitado, he went back to wrestling as Chucho Villa and continued to wrestle into the, I think 2004, 2005. He suffered an injury somewhere around 2003, 2002, 2003 that kept him out of the ring for a bit. But um, he continued to wrestle. He, he He's only appeared on and off on some of those um those special shows like legend shows that happen in, you know, in every city where there's Lucha Libre, where they bring in some of the, the old timers to like team up with some of the young guys or just to, just to have some, something, some, some, some of that um, nostalgia from, from years past. For many of you who are, may not be familiar with Chucho Villa, um, you might've heard his name uh, mentioned. Uh, if you watch CML Informa, Echicero actually credits him for being one of the, the main, um, luchadors who trained him while he was in Monterey so um yeah it's it's a it's a pretty sad story um uh hopefully I mean like if there is an afterlife hopefully he and his wife are are together and um I mean I think if you if you're if you're with your your wife for like 50 plus years I mean you know I think I could understand why he react why he um had that sudden you know the a heart attack too. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a shock to the system. Totally understand. Condolences to his family. Um, Tigre Universitario, who, I mean, I think the shock of losing your mother one day and then your father the next day, I mean, it's, it's difficult. I think the only thing he could probably take solace in is that they're both together in heaven. If he believes in, in, you know, in an afterlife, like I said, yeah. So, um, that was the big news from early Sunday. Just, I, I'm actually recording this in front of my computer. I have a tablet in front of me. Um, I have my my desktop on because I'm busy looking over different things. And wouldn't you know it, uh, we actually have some Alberto del uh, Patron news. Alberto del Rio, as you know him. Um, this news just came up a couple of minutes ago. Alberto El Patron attended the IWRG show in Arena Naucalpan this um, this Sunday. And um, they actually, you could find a lot of photos of them at the show. Um, there's one photo that this um, fan took of him with Alberto. Alberto looked like he did not want to be there. I think he was just there him. Um, he took Paige with him. So they were there to support um, Alberto's um brother um hijo de dos caras who was wrestling in the 30 man royal rumble i think he so apparently he got into a fight at arena nocalpan um the story there's not there's still more to the story but um what we know right now is that he went backstage he took he took page backstage and apparently one of the local luchadors um rafi of the ninja turtles who also wrestled previously as alan extreme um he was nearby and I guess something must have happened where um, Alberto got into a jealous rage or something because uh, other wrestlers backstage, um, one of the other guys who was there backstage was um, Oficial AK, AK, AK-47. And he basically said he doesn't know other than he must have had a jealous rage. But next thing he knew, um, Alberto was pounding on, uh, was beating the shit out of Alan uh, because I guess he thought that he had touched Paige or was looking at her the wrong way. And... um they just started fighting. They brawled in the hallway. They some of the fans actually saw the fight. They broke it up. Um, Alan's face was apparently messed up. 
Oficial AK AK forty seven said that um it was bad enough where he thought they were, he thought Alberto was gonna kill um Rafi of the Ninja Turtles, Ellen Extreme. Um they don't know what happened to Alberto. Um but several fans and some of the and several of the wrestlers are are just very upset about it, just talking about it. There's a few of them just you know, joking about it. Because you know, if you're not involved in it, you're just gonna make light of the situation. But um Oficial AK forty seven, I mean, basically said that it was bad enough where he thought he was gonna. He uh, thought Alberto was gonna kill Rafi, and um, thinks they're gonna press charges on Alberto for what happened. Um, this is this is an ongoing situation with with Alberto. I mean, there's still more. I mean, I just I just checked on the Facebook page, and there's a little bit more on here. Everybody's asking if there's video and stuff like that <laughs> because there's a, there are actually people who there that were actually. Um, you know that take pictures and whatnot, but um, all you see is pictures of um, Alberto taking pictures, um, taking pictures with fans, and um, him sitting um, in the crowd earlier in the show. But yeah, this is something that just happened. Really, one of those stories you kind of expect with Alberto. I mean, he did that TMZ interview where it looked like they were, were him and Paige looked like they were wasted. Um, the previous story of him being in a fight and nobody really knowing what's what went on. Because Alberto told one story, and then um, he told Court Bauer a different story, and then he, Dave Meltzer heard a different story, and the people in Mexico were reporting a completely different story. Um, it just—it was just ridiculous. Oh, I'm just noticing um, they released the Tornado Phil teams. Um, one of the matches for um, the um, Lucha Meme show on December 25th is a uh, Tornado Phil, which is a, a Tornado Cibernetico between two different schools. Captain by a by a maestro, Black Terry, captains the IWRG team, um, and captaining the Lucha Memes team is Jack Evans. And I'm curious to see. I I don't see anybody who's actually much of a break dancer listed on there. But um, Black Terry's team consists of Demonio Infernal, Black Dragon, Cannon, Dragonfly, Hijo de Alebrije, Araña de Plata Junior, Diablo Junior, Scanda. All IWRG regulars, young, younger wrestlers in that in that promotion, and for Lucha Memes, it's Kira. Oh wow, that's kind of that's kind of an advantage for um, Team Lucha Memes, captained by Jack Evans. So maybe Jack was the one that selected her. Um, Garobo Punk, Cyberpunk, Rebelde Punk, um, Astro Lux, um, Black Metal, not to be confused with um, Jake. Um, black metal from southern california i don't even know i don't even think this is the one from the one from this is a different one um baby star jr and demos black not to be confused with demos 316 so that looks like a good show good match yeah that's that looks like what that's one of the bigger shows happening in um in in christmas that's i think it's it has a bunch of a whole a hell of, a, of other matches that look really good um hopefully uh, hopefully alberto doesn't show up for that show and <laughs> It's Christmas, Alberto. Give us a give us a little break from your craziness. The other the the match before that, we'll talk about that um DT, that um, lucha meme show at a at a different date. But and really, I mean, I would love to talk about talk more about um, lucha memes, but you know, they really don't. You really don't get to watch them, so it's like unless you're watching clips or a couple of um one of the like Estrellas del Ring or Black Cherry. Can, can record a match, that's really all you're going to get. So you're really not, not going to get the full match unless they release it. And they really haven't mentioned anything about that ever since that one that one time um, Danny Ledesma 
uh, mentioned that th- they were talking to Mas Lucha about something, and that never, never really. There hasn't been any any news on that since then. The promotion, the indie group that's actually made some news is um, DTU is going to be airing um, their ninth anniversary show that they're calling Nueve. They're going to try to air it on iPay-Per-View. It's going to be from Arena Aficion in Pachuca on uh, this Thursday, uh, December 15th. It's a pretty, it looks like a pretty good show. Um, they have uh, a total of 10 matches for the, for the uh, on that show, but three of them will be um, dark matches. They won't be airing on the iPay-Per-View. Maybe, maybe they'll air some of it because I'm guessing they might actually be testing out the, the, the live feed to see if it's working. You never know. I would recommend maybe like if you're going to order it, if you're around, maybe you start it, you start watching it before that. Um, the iPay-Per-View, they just posted the price. It's going to be um, for US, it's going to be $5.99, uh, $5.99. So they're, they're already, they're already um, more expensive than CMLL. I think CMLL was three bucks. So it's, it's, but I mean, it looks, it, it, it looks like, I mean, I'm glad they actually came up with a price that makes a little more sense than um, three ninety nine for the one of the biggest shows in um, in in lucha. In the case of CML, so weird that DTU is doing this before anybody else. This isn't the first time DTU's actually been on um, I pay, on on a pay per view platform. Um, several years ago, back in two thousand eleven, um, when um, Kevin Kleinrock and Ruben Zamora of Mass Republic did the Viva La Lucha shows. They actually got some of the matches from um, DTU to air on their Viva La Lucha pay-per-view series, and I mean that's really I think that 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 was really where many of us first saw a, a, an extended match featuring guys like Phoenix. Um, I think I think Pentagon Junior was in as Dark Dragon on there. I know Ronnie Mendoza was on there as Tribal at that time, and Flamita might have been on one of those shows also. There were a bunch of guys. It's funny when I was looking back to see the the lineup for that show, because it was basically what what Viva La Lucha was. Um, they basically got four or five matches from different parts of um of five four or five different lucha groups. I think that episode they had um three DTU matches and one match from Pro Wrestling Revolution out of um Northern California, and I. God, I can't remember. I think there was something with. I think it might have been a Pearls and Mod show match or something. I know they had issues with. Um, they 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 had trouble getting stuff from Pearls and Mod because because they were booking Hijo Hijo Santo at that time and they just couldn't they couldn't use anything featuring Hijo Santo and that was really the stuff that you. I mean, that's really what you wanted from Pearls and Mod at that time, um, if you were going to do an eye pay per view. So they used DTU and um, it's funny because the announcers for that show, one of the first matches from DTU. They could not name, I mean, other than I think one guy, they couldn't name anybody. And in the main event, I think they could name about half of the guys. They knew who Phoenix was because Phoenix was really already at that point, pretty much starting to, he was already in, I think he was already in AAA at that point, just starting out with AAA. So he was pretty much a, a little bit more, a little more known to everybody at that point. Yeah, so this show is celebrating their ninth anniversary. Um, they're doing a nice mix of um, the craziness that's known as DTU which is those really crazy multi-person matches, a lot of some hardcore matches, some high-flying matches, some and of course the main event is looks like it's going to be one of the better main events. I'm hoping it I, I mean I think everyone is hoping that it's going to be one of the better main events of um 2016. I'm holding off on doing anything match um year-end award worthy just because I really want to I'm hoping we we all can see that this show 
if it works. The Maslu Chakru uh, mentioned they would be producing the show. Um, the opening match, which won't be tell, um, won't be on. It's I'll, I'll mention the first, the nine, the non i pay per view matches, just because there's some stuff that's really interesting. Um, the first match features some of the cheeky nerds. This is like the show, the match that features some of the younger guys in the younger, well, younger guys, younger kids, really. Um, Irwin, Irving, Mini Flash, and Vengadorcito Radioactivo will be facing Arcángel ne- Negro, Luigi. Masisito and, and a luchador sorpresa. Um, I think a couple of those kids are Ovet's sons, and Irving, Irwin, and Irving are those cheeky nerds. For those of you who are fall, who are getting into the whole um, figuring out who DTU is and all the stu- all the all the different factions and groups there are. Um, yeah, they have kids wrestling. I mean, I think a lot of the lucha promotions have that. Um, there's there's kid. I mean, I mean, they're they're. I I I think. For the most part, I think it's more common for you to see younger kids like when they're in their teen years, like 14, 15 years old on shows. But I think these guys, these kids might actually be younger than that. Um, the second match is a, which is a non i pay per view match, is Pardex, Flare Boy versus Toto. It's Pardex versus Flare Boy versus Toto versus Dragonfly versus Fandango. Not to be confused with um, the WWE guy and um, Fly Danger. It's a. Uh, and also, oh, and Danu, Danubio El Quimico Torres and El Hijo del Mosco, which is um, X-Fly's son. Um, Danu, Danubio El Quimico Torres is a kid that's actually doing a chemist character, kind of like um, kind of like the Bill Nye character. I think it's, I think there's something to it. Like, a, I think it's a cartoon character. I'm not really sure, but it's like a multi-person match. You know, one of the one of the staples of DTU shows. Um, the third match is. Castiga- Castigado and Vengador versus La Magnifica and Suzu Divine versus Dr. Polux Jr. and El Exotico versus Camouflage and Tiburon. These are a lot of the the newer guys in um, DTU also. Um, I think that's part. That's that's also probably why they don't want to want to like guarantee they're going to be on. Why they made it um, non i pay per view dark matches because you know you don't really want to expose these guys if they end up not being particularly great. Leave, let them let them let them get a little more experience before they leave an impression on on a some grumpy old internet lucha fans. You know what I mean. Um, the first match for the i pay per view is going to be a DTU first generation versus DTU current generation match. Um, the DTU first generation team is Arrowboy, Angel o, de- o Demonio from Los Samporos, Drastic Boy, Pesadilla. And a luchador sorpresa. I'm guessing it's going to be somebody from um, from the past of um, DTU's first gen. Uh, going against the current generation of DTU's um, luchadores. Corsario Negro Jr., Loquillo, Moria, Nino de Cobre, and Tony Iron. Um, the fifth match, second match on the iPay-Per-View, will be Blackfire versus Ormiga for the DTU Alto Impacto title. Um, Ormiga was actually on that... Um, that um, that one of the matches that was on the Viva La Lucha shows that um, I don't think anybody knew who he was at that time, but that should be an interesting match. Um, Alto Impacto is basically a high flying championship, so that should be good. Um, six match, um, Los Revolucionarios, Revolucionarios, Dragon Rojo Jr. and Polvora are defending the DTU and Exo titles. That's their tag team titles. That's right, Dragon Rojo Jr. and Polvora from um, CMLL will be on this high pay-per-view. They will be defending the titles against Los Mal- 
Malcriados, El Junior, and El, El Gio. That's actually been a feud that's been going on for a while in um, DTU. Dragon Rojo Jr. and Polvora, if you've been watching them in, um, on CML, you notice they've been, they've been bringing their work boots to the shows a lot lately. And I would expect them to bring them to this show as well, especially if they're told that this is going to be on iPay-Per-View and people in the U.S. are going to watch it. Because as you know, Dragon Rojo Jr., he really wants to come to the U.S. and wrestle for Ring of Honor and everywhere else in the U.S., the seventh match, fourth match on the iPay-Per-View is a tag team match with Los Nerds, Jimmy and Kevin, going against Los Diabolicos, Mr. Condor and El Gallego. It is a hair match where only the winner gets to keep his hair. Basically, three men are going to get shaved in this match. So basically, let's say, um, let's say uh, Kevin and Jimmy beat Mr. Condor and El Gallego. Then Kevin and Jimmy will have to face each other and... and Mr. Condor and El Gallego would get their heads shaved. And then Jimmy and Kevin would then have to determine who would be the ultimate winner. With the, or Mr. Condor and Gallego would, would determine who the winner, the winner and who would remain with their hair. And the third guy would end up getting his head shaved. Uh, I'm rooting for Kevin because he's my Facebook friend. And he's, very, he's, po- he's been posting all these videos about being very stressed out and unable to study for his um, exams because he is worried about losing this match and he is losing his mind. So Kevin, you know, all of us nerds in the U S and in Canada are rooting for you. So that's the guy we're, we're, we're going for um, the eighth match, which would be the fifth match on the iPay-Per-View would be, it's going to be Charlie Rockstar defending the DTU consagrado title against Halloween and Ovet, Ovet of Los Poros. Expect this match to be, basically a wild hardcore match it might not be as as hardcore i'm guessing it's going to be because i mean there's really not that much, there's that's what these guys are, are are known for and really a lot of these matches are going to end up being hardcore matches so we're, we're probably going to see a lot of blood flowing in this in on this ip preview that's probably the match that well i mean i think it's going to be interesting if you if you're into like death matches and stuff like that you're, you're going to like it um after that the ninth match the sixth match on the iPay-Per-View, it's going to be Ciclope and Crazy King versus Paranoico and Toxico in a in a Rancho de Texas match, which is basically a um, a match where they replace the the ropes with barbed wire. I I have a feeling this match is going to be the last match on the card because I don't I don't I can't imagine them replacing the ropes and then putting barbed wire and then wasting our time for like forty five minutes to an hour setting that stuff up. I mean, I don't know how fast, I mean, I've been to, I've been to um, indie shows where they've set up steel cages and they take like, I mean, the last show I went to that they had a cage match, they lasted like 45 minutes um, setting up the cage. I'm guessing they're going to take like a half hour to 45 minutes to an hour just setting up, replacing ropes, removing the ropes, putting up the rope, um, barbed wire, then removing the the barbed wire, putting back ropes. So I'm guessing that's going to be the last match on the show. I mean, it'd be insane not to have it be the last match but the main event of that show, the seventh match on the card, is Ronnie Mend- um, Negro Casas versus Flamita versus Ronnie Mendoza in a three-way match. This match was originally going to be Negro Casas versus Flamita, but on the December fourth show in, um, I think it was Arena Pepe Cisneros, um, they had a DTU versus CML trios match where Negro Casas teamed up with Angel de Oro and Titan versus Flamita, Ronnie Mendoza, and Drastic Boy. And basically, um, before the match, Ronnie Mendoza had offered Flamita a spot 
as part of his um, Gold Generation, which is his faction or trio with um, Drastic Boy, and I forget who the other person is in in this trio in this sub faction. There might be more than one, but that's that's and Flam- and they even gave him a T-shirt. Um, Ronnie Mendoza did an, made him an appearance on um, uh, Maslucha's new uh, podcast called um, Enmascarados, and he was he was saying how he was looking forward to having Flamita at, be a part of the team, but during the match. If you watch it on, if you go to uh, the Arena Pepe Cisneros Facebook page, you could find the video of that um, of that match. Really fast paced match. I wish DTU would have been posted the whole match on their um, wherever they're going to put their iPay per view because I think more people would have seen that and probably would have been more interested in ordering it. I mean, I think really, I think when you when you order an iPay per view or you order a pay per view. It's much like when you're buying a, a record or when, you know, the, back when you used to bo- buy a record or an album or a CD or cassette, you basically were happy if you got three out of the 10 songs that you really like, that would make a great, uh, a, a good, a good purchase. I think that's what, I think that's what we were conditioned to with um, iPay-per-views with, for wrestling, as far as wrestling. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm an easy, I, I mean, if there's two or three matches, I'm perfectly happy with it. If there's, if the entire show is great, awesome so basically in that match in that trios match um ronnie mendoza was um was um beating down negro casas when zacharias el perico made a run-in and attacked ronnie mendoza and ronnie mendoza decided to um to start stomping on on poor little zacharias el perico and flamita was very upset with him so he ended up uh, pulling apart Ronnie, pulling uh, separated Ro- separating Ronnie from from attacking Zachari- Zacharias, and Ronnie wasn't happy, so they started shoving each other. I think Flamita hit hit Ronnie, and and Negro Casas rolled him up for the pin. And afterwards, they had um they had a uh, promos afterwards where they basically issued the challenge of hey let's have a three way match, and they agreed to it. So that's what the match is going to be. Uh, Ronnie Mendoza said he thought it was going to be a match of the it was going to be the match of the night. I probably I'm going to agree with him, given Ronnie Mendoza's been very good. I mean, this is a guy who was at uh, for 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 those of you who haven't seen him, um, he's he's a good independent wrestler. Um, he he was in the WWE's Cruiserweight Classic. I know a lot of people who didn't know who he was before um, before that, who were very impressed with him. Um, there were people who didn't know who he was from. Um, Ronnie was getting booking was trying to get booked in um in uh, on US shows. And one of the promoters I know um, told me that um, he got a call. He got a message from um, from Ronnie Mendoza on his Facebook page and asked him if he could book him on on one of his upcoming shows. And I asked the promoter, I go, "So did you know who he was?" And he's like, "No, I had no idea. He just told me he was on the Cruiserweight Classic." So I said, "You know, yeah, sure, why not?" And um, and I told him, I told him before the, the before he wrestled, I go, "You're going to be impressed because he's really good." And he's like, "I heard he's good." And right afterwards, um, Ronnie impressed. He wrestled, I think, me um, the the Los Angeles version of Misterioso, and impressed everybody. Really good guy too, Ronnie Mendoza. Had a chance to interview him, um, talk to him for a bit, um, joked with him about um, all the stuff that's going on that was going on with Elite at that time. Flamita always great, and Negro Casas. I mean, if you've been watching CML lately or and a lot of stuff lately, the guy is, I mean, he's ageless. I mean. The, I think this past week, it's been a, a week where everybody's been praising Nero Casas all over. Um, Caristico, from from the Super Diva Caristico to the the Cesaro to um, 
just a bunch of different wrestlers. I've been talking about how great Nero Casas is and how it's amazing how they could they could um, not watch Lucha for a few you know months or years and Nero Casas the Nero Casas of today still looks like he has he 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 hasn't aged one bit. I mean, if he dyed his hair black, um, dyed in his his gray hair, he'd probably or cut it short, removed all the gray. He'd probably, nobody would even notice the difference that he's aged that much. Um, and you know the guy still does a lot of stuff that you know he's constantly adding something new to his um to his um move set. He's not he's not he's not one of those guys who's satisfied with um just being being a legend and stuff like that. He's he's a he's a credit. And I mean, as Nero Casas has said numerous times in interviews, he really enjoys wrestling the new generation of luchadors. Loves putting the um loves competing with those guys. Um, he had a great match with Angel de Oro, um in uh. And then CML a couple of weeks ago, where um he he basically um he they, the final three minutes of that match they just had this crazy great this great sequence where um where Angel de Oro tried to pin him and Casas kept kept breaking out of the holds and Casas finally puts him in the Scorpion Deathlock and as he's putting him in the Scorpion Deathlock he fixes his hair and um I thought that was just great a lot of a lot of respect for Nero Casas Ronnie Mendoza said that's something he wanted to do also because he wanted to see why. Uh, Another guy who was talking about um, how much um, he can, he keeps, he's a, he's, he's, he's um, impressed with Ka- how Casas is so um, amazing still at this age. So I think that match is going to be fantastic. Um, like I said, I pay per view is going to be, I mean, five ninety nine. I mean, I'm definitely going to order it. Um, hopefully, they'll have a VOD, uh, video on demand option. Um, I think I'll probably ask them before they. Yeah, I think I probably will ask them just to find out because. I actually noticed that a lot of times I it's easier for me to watch it as a VOD just because it's 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 kind of time consuming especially with with all the stuff that I have to watch between um, Lucha Underground and the Friday Show and now everybody has podcasts to listen to with um and Mascarados and Conan's podcast um CML Informa so yeah you know looks like a definitely if you guys have the time if you have six bucks to like spend on something on thursday check it out looks like it's gonna be a fun show um hopefully it works out i think it will it's amazing that dtu is doing this and you know it, it kind of surprises me that um lucha means hasn't done this and you know danny ledesma actually started out with he was with dtu at one point and um it's just it, it it's mind-boggling that he's he's in the in the he's got the same way of thinking that the old generation of um lucha promoters have and for a guy who's very innovative hopefully he changes his mind and he starts finding out that you know i pay-per-view is a, a good option for these promotions i mean there's people outside of mexico who actually want to watch their stuff i mean it, it it's not it's not i mean especially at the prices that they're putting it it's not going to kill us to pay 690 uh, 5.99 or 10 bucks you know it's it's it, it it's worth it for us you know we actually do want to watch it we we want to support the the promotions. I mean, you know, they 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 think that that nobody wants. I don't know what it is about them, but I, hopefully this, hopefully the, this i pay per view does well enough where more people start more promoters in Mexico. You know, hopefully they start reaching out to Mas Lucha and Mas Lucha being being that they're one of the few groups of people that actually has the the you know the the ability to film these shows and. And, and not just not just film it and post it on YouTube at, uh, as fan cams, but actually in in high quality and and know how to produce shows. And not only that, they have great announcers. I mean, all, DTU is going to this IP is going to have some of the better announcing 
for 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 an iPay per view. I mean, if you're gonna, we all constantly complain about announcing. They're actually gonna have um, really strong announcing. So yeah, you know, hopefully this this show works out, and there, this is just the, the start of something that that becomes very popular. And 2017 will will get more of this. Um, DTU seems like they're they're gonna start a subscription service. I'm guessing it's just gonna be their um, iPay per views at the moment, but. Um, hopefully they start maybe posting some matches and stuff like that as part of the deal. Um, cause I, I, I really would like to see some of the, the, you know, some of the, you know, one of the fun things when you go to Lucha shows sometimes is actually the little kids, uh, messing around and, and, and trying out Lucha moves and stuff like that. You know, some of them, you don't, you really cringe when you, when they get in the ring, you quite, you question the parenting at these shows, but then every once in a while you see like a young kid. I mean, every, every city has that one young kid that can actually work on I remember um Henio's youngest kid would actually do stuff when he was a kid on on shows and Superboy's son like I remember him doing stuff that and he was well advanced than some of the kids I mean he was doing the the Zokre bounce off the ropes when he was a little kid uh, which was a very was amazing um so yeah you know these these kids are actually like like the cheeky nerds, just stuff that I really want to watch, and the fact that they they have a a relationship with CML. I mean, I think that's that's another thing. That's one of the great. I, I think that's one of the other great things. And hopefully this doesn't. Hopefully this CML sees the sees like this is an avenue for them to help their talent get more exposure because they can't. I mean, there's only so much that they're going to give guys like Dragon Rojo Jr. and and Polvora. I mean, the promotion's going to do only do so much, and whereas maybe they'll feel more. Uh, They'll get more recognition working the indies and and more fans outside of the U.S. will see them and maybe that's another avenue rather than them having to work the same boring trios matches on Tuesdays or Mondays or you know or even Fridays sometimes like we'll talk about in a bit. Um, so yeah, that's that. Check that out. Um, should be fun. This past Friday CML show. Oh my God, this arguably one of the worst Friday. CML shows. I mean, we were we had this amazing run of great CML Friday shows. Uh, it ended this past Friday. There's a formula that CML has that they could run with on Fridays. Simple one. All you have to do is have maybe put one singles match a week. You know, on, on Fridays. You know, you have your guys. You know, you have your main five guys who could have great singles matches with anyone. You have Volador Jr., Ultimo Guerrero. Negro Casas, Rush when he's around, and uh, Dragon Lee, those five guys. But then you know what? You have guys like Maximo, Echicero, Valiente can have some good ma- singles matches, Polvora, Titan, um, the list goes on and on. I mean, this is a formula you could go with. Every once in a while, you have a trios match that sets up that singles match. Caristico's there also. Um, but when they don't go with that formula, and then, you know they have a some pretty, they have a strong undercard, you know, like some young guys like Soberano, um, for um, Cuatrero, Sanson, Puma, Tiger, all these great undercard guys you could use at, on, underneath to work the 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 opener, the second match, the fourth match, because the third match is for the women. Even the minis, I mean, there's some minis. You, I mean, do we really have to have? I mean. Can we just have like Stu- Stuquita and um, Electrico, Astral when he's around, Demos 316 and Pierrotito? Maybe those five guys just have them like have singles matches like every other whenever they're on instead of having all these other minis that are or Mercurio also another one that's really good rather than have all these other like 
bringing back some of these scrub scrub uh, minis. The women, the same thing. I mean, but that's a little bit more worrisome because the women's division is really like starting to fall apart. Um, it's actually gotten worse, you know. Like I think, I think it, it w- at one point it wasn't that bad, you know. When it, when Marty, when Marcella was young, Amapola was young. When Dark Angel was was just starting out and was popular. When Princesa Suhey was was around, also all this all the was younger. Um, when you had a, a, a deeper roster of uh, of females and. You know, they, they kind of it kind of looked like they were going to start having that when um but then Dark Angel left, um Princesa Blanca left. They stopped bringing in new ta- new females that actually could rustle, you know, like they don't I mean, really how hard is it to get Kira to be on these shows? I mean, I, I how there has to be a way to get her on the shows and you know now the the word, the concern now is that Zuxis at some point is going to leave. And when she leaves, it is really going to be trouble because, you know, the young talent they brought in, Haruchita, Sanelli, Metallica. Metallica actually, you know, I haven't seen enough of her where I can say that she's, but she's basically the least, the, the better of all of them. But, I mean, these women, every other every other week, I have a hard time figuring out which one's like the, the like, I mean, I think Zuxi's Mar- um, and Amapola are really at a different level and Really, the rest of the women, you just constantly go back and forth, wondering what they're what they're doing. And so, basically, they decided to set up. They, they basically have three. Fe- they set up three feuds. Three, three. Um, they have three big feuds going on right now in um, CML for the for the winter months, for the winter month of December, and I guess possibly even January, where it's the women is one feud with all the women. I mean, really, you don't have one particular woman. It's all the women. The other feud is Maximo versus Mascara Año 2000, which, you know, when Mascara Año 2000 returned, you kind of knew this was going to happen, but you were always hoping that maybe this would get Sansón and Cuatrero a little more exposure and maybe a little bit more of a push. I mean, they 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 really do belong higher on the card. Um, I I wouldn't be I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be um, disappointed if they were basically. High, um, main event guys at this point they instead went with Mascareño dos mil and the other feud is Caristico versus Ultimo Guerrero but the other problem with that the problem with Ultimo Guerrero Caristico is that you also have Ultimo Guerrero feuding with Valiente on the other shows I think it's the Puebla and Guadalajara shows but if you're watching CMLL's uh, Lucha Retro show on Fox, Deporte, Fox Deportes you're also getting Valiente feuding with Ultimo Guerrero on that show because that's about two or three months behind. So you're basically getting Valiente feuding with Ultimo Guerrero in three different places uh, with two of them being televised and, or air, air, air being streamed online. So it's a little too much. I think it's oversaturation of Ultimo Guerrero versus Valiente. The women's feud, basically they had been talking about there being a bomb set that was going to set off on um, this past Friday. They ended up having this Relevos Increíbles trios match. Very boring match. Really bad match. I mean, there's nothing more to say. I mean, if, if the, I don't know. I think it was more bombed than bomb. Awful. I mean, it, it, I don't know what they're setting up. They basically had Zuxis challenging um, Princesa Suhey and Princesa Suhey challenging um, uh, Zuxis. Uh, Dallas getting involved. Um... Estorita getting involved, 
Then you have the other women, uh, Vaquerita being mentioned. Uh, and then the next show, they're going to have a more, another trios match, and this time including Jarochita and La Metallica. So I think they're going, they're setting up, I think they're setting up a cage match or a, a Torneo Cibernético or something where the a hair, hair or mask are going to be on, on the line. I think everybody's assuming this is going to be Zuxi's possible farewell. Because um, I think she might end up going... I think the plan is that she might end up going to WWE at some point. Sooner rather than later. The way she's been booked, it kind of it kind of it kind of comes off that way. Especially like they had they had a, they had that Princess Suhei um, Zuxi's possibility going back to September, and then they kind of like went mum on it for several months, and then now this is happening. So that seems like that's going to be something that's going to lead up to some sort of stip match. Uh, I'm not sure what's going to happen. Um, Masca Año 2000 and Maximo appears. That also looks like it's going to be a, a hair few, a hair match, going to lead to a hair match. <laughs> I think we just recovered from the Super Park and uh, Nero Casas hair feud, which was horrible, but at least gave us Nero Casas versus um, Volador Jr. afterwards. But now Masca Año 2000. Um, the one thing I will say about Masca Año 2000 is he's, he's a lot better than Puroth, but that's not really saying much disappointing that they didn't elevate Sanson and Cuatrero and actually include them. I, they might be included in the feud at some, at, like in some way, like them interview interfering. But, um, I just don't, I don't get the point in having this feud happen. I mean, maybe Mascarano Los Mil needs money or something. So maybe that's why he's doing, obviously that would be the reason to do it. Unless Maximo loses the, the, the his hair. I have no idea, you know, but it's always something like that, that comes up. Um, the other one is Caristico versus Ultima Girl, where they're already throwing out, Mask versus hair match challenges. Um, it's December. I don't see that happening in December. It might happen at Dos Leyendas, but I'm guessing it, it could happen in, in the anniversary. It seems like it would be a waste to have Ultima Girl drop his hair to Caristico. would make more sense if they went with the Rush Ultima Girl hair match just because, or Volador Jr., just because that's been more of a plan that they've been doing for... They were going. They were going that route earlier in the early a couple, not several, like weeks ago before um, Rush headed to Japan, and I think that that would make more sense just because there's more doubt as to who of those three would lose their hair in a hair match. Um, that's really what's going on in CMLL right now. Um, there were, like I said, Nero Casas had some great matches. Um, Sanson and Cuatrero looked very impressive. Um, they were unsuccessful in in their title match against. Jeremiah Jr. and the Panther um, this past Saturday for the Arena Coliseo Tag Team Titles. Um, I'm surprised because I thought they were going to win it, win them. I mean, it looked like it was going to be one of those, um, one of those wins where they were. It was their way of elevating Sanson and Cuatrero. Um, it was funny watching Informa because Jeremiah Jr. and um, the Panther were complaining about how the CML doesn't recognize those titles when they announce the Universal Tournament. And I'm guessing they won't either again next year. They barely fucking remembered Ray Cometa had beaten Barbara Carbonario for a belt. And so it's not, it wouldn't shock me that, that they would forget about the Arena Coliseo tag team titles again. Um, the other, let me see, the other CML news that I wanted to bring up was um, uh, remember how we all thought when Sombra left? Um, CML to go to WWE and we were all wondering if if 
Rush and La Mascara would add a third Ingobernable. And everyone was trying to figure out who it would be. Uh, my, by the way, I, I don't know if I ever wrote it, but my, my top three picks at the time, and at one point were actually, my third pick was I really thought they should bring in um, Sansona and Cuatrero. Because remember, this was something that was being brought up since, I think, from, um, from I think, November when Sombra left all the way through March and Sansona and Cuatrero had debuted in like late December or early January. So I had actually thought they had actually shown a couple of their matches and I thought they were good enough where they were actually, I, I thought they would be great. Um, they were my, my dark horse as, as members of Los Ingobernables. Um, the second, the, my, my second choice, third was those two guys. Second choice was actually them bringing back Mascara Dorada as a, as a Rudo. That didn't happen. And I think everyone's first choice, and I think everybody will agree that everybody brought it up on Twitter and online was um, Kamatachi, just because at that point, he was basically the one guy who um, who pretty much represented what those Ingobernables were, especially in that feud with um, with Dragon Dragon Lee and um, how he had done all that stuff where he didn't, give a, he didn't give a crap about a lot of stuff and the way he would act, present himself. I thought that he would have been a perfect fit. So basically, everyone's wish of Kamatachi becoming an Ingobernable didn't happen in CML, but it happened in Japan. Um, he debuted as a member of Los Ingobernables de Japón at um, New Japan's most recent show. Um, he helped he helped Rush and Naito win a match by attacking um, Kushida. So that's actually something that happened over there. So. It's amazing. Like if you look at the faction, the Ingobernables faction in Japan, they look so fucking great. Like you look at it with Rush, Naido, um, all the other guys that they've added, Kamaitachi, they look fucking cool. And then you look at the faction in, in Mexico and it's Rush, La Mascara, and Pirov. And it's like, it doesn't look, I mean, they don't look, they look tough, but it's not like as cool as it could have been. I mean, I, I think there's there they I, I don't think I think Rush made a mistake having his dad be part of the group. Um I I don't know, I mean, like I said like I said in the past, you know, I love my father but I probably wouldn't want him to be in my faction. I mean, cuz you know, that's not that doesn't come across cool and you know, not that he isn't cool, it's like it just would have been weird. Um especially like for a wrestling faction, you know, I wouldn't have done that. Um so yeah, that's the news out of um with Los Ingobernables. Canis Lupus was in a car accident on on December 4th. He um he was scheduled to wrestle on the IWRG show that um that that Sunday and um it was a it was mentioned on, on the Enmascarados podcast that he and his family was in a car accident. His family was okay. Canis Lupus had suffered the the most injuries out of it. They they said he's okay. He's, He's alive and stuff, but um, they didn't know how serious his injuries were. Um, so he's basically um, he's out. I mean, he was supposedly going to be in the in the IWRG's Ray the, the Ring, the Royal Rumble that I mentioned. Would have been funny. I mean, he would have been there to hear more of the stories of um, of of Alberto, which was the big news. Um, that Ray the Ring was won by Mascareño Dos Mil Junior, which is proving that um, I guess. It was a great. It was. It's been a great week for the Mascareño dos mil people named Mascareño dos mil. Um, 
There is, uh, I'm, I'm looking at Facebook right now because there's more, more comments on that stuff. Gringo Loco, um, there was a benefit show for Gringo Loco. Octavio out of, my friend Octavio out of um, Illinois um, put, sent me a video of them, of what, uh, you know, of them honoring him and, and just doing, talking about how, how he was, um, they, all the donations from that show, show were given to um, Gringo Loco. The wrestlers that, that worked that show in um, Berwyn, Illinois, um, all did work for free. And in fact, um, the promoter of the show mentioned that um, they actually gave money to help um, Gringo Loco out. There's a few other benefit shows that are happening as well. I don't think I don't know if they've started a GoFundMe or anything for um, Gringo Loco. They, they they probably could do that. I mean, there's plenty of support. Some some recent results. Um, Diana La Casadora won the hair of Nina Monet, while Bestia Six 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 won the hair of Rico Rodriguez. In Mon- both both of these matches happened in Monterey. Also, I should repeat myself because if you haven't heard of Lucha Talk, um, our most recent episode twelve. Uh, we really raved about the Galactar versus Delta Mask match from Monterey from November 27th. Great match. Again, I have to mention how great that match was. Jack Evans, who got fired from AAA, I mean, he's been everywhere. He's been on Lucha Memes. He's going to be on Lucha Memes, debuting for Lucha Memes in a match against Ray Cometa. He was on that Cara Lucha show where um, the rope snapped on um, Barbara Carvernario. I don't I don't know what's going on with Cara Lucha. They always seem to have these ropes snapping for on the on shows for them. So they might actually need to like figure that stuff out. Um, uh, what else? He rustled in, I think he was in New York just today, earlier today. So he's been all over the place. He's, he's still in Lucha Underground. Um, he's, he's doing well. Um, and you know, um, uh, speaking of Lucha Underground, um, that show from November 30th, that was a good, uh, featuring Pentagon Jr. Pentagon Jr. as Pentagon Black there. Um, Versus the Black Lotus Triad, I thought that was a great show, um, fun show. There was some stuff I don't agree with. I mean, uh, Pentagon Black getting both arms broken, ridiculous. But I mean, you know, it's something you get over it. You know, I mean, Pentagon Black lost to, lost, got his arms broken by 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 um, by Black Lotus. You don't see him fucking complaining about this shit on online or anything. You know, but and that that show. Um, like I was saying on Lucha Talk, if you haven't heard it, um, I thought the I thought Doku, who was Kari Hojo from Stardom, I thought she bumped great for uh, Pentagon Black. It's it it was somewhat awkward at times to watch because there's still that issue where still it's still difficult for me to watch uh, intergender matches. And you know it's weird because I've watched AAA since like 1999, since the 90s. So it's like it's like and they've been using intergender matches I think since 98, 99. With um maybe 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 a little after that I know it's from the Apaches when they've been feuding when they were feuding and all that stuff and the relevos de locura matches but they've been doing it for a long time you'd think I'd be accustomed to it um it's still kind of awkward when you see it sometimes um Yori had a um Yori who's Mayu Iwatani from um Stardom really good she did really well against um Pentagon Black and then um Hitokiri Iyoshirai great match against um really fun match definitely if you haven't seen that episode go out of your way to watch that um like i said the conclusion of it with um black lotus and dragon azteca jr breaking um both of pentagon black um dark's arms uh i guess we're going to get an episode where pentagon dark's going to show up with both arms broken and being being um being revived by vampiro or something 
Um, so that show was interesting. Um, the show after, I, you know, the the next the next the, ne- the show the follow up show. I thought the I thought the Battle of the Bulls matches were kind of were pretty good. Um, I really wasn't a fan of, of the Sexy Star, Sexy Star having to get another rematch with um, Johnny Mundo again. Uh, PJ Black, I will add him to the list of guys who actually made Sexy Star look a lot better than she really is. That list includes Jack Evans, Mariposa, and now PJ Black. I think they have all been able to do stuff with her, and I think that proves that they that I think Lucha Underground probably should have extended Sexy Star's title reign just to make it mean a little more rather than just it be a one-time thing. Um, but the bad news is now we're going to get Sexy Star versus Johnny Mundo in a cage, and Mundo's one of the guys who can't really have... Didn't, his match with, with Sexy Star wasn't very good, so I can't imagine it being that great in a cage. Um, I'm not really that thrilled about that match. Overall, I think I think this season of Lucha Underground hasn't been as good as the previous two. But like I said, there's I think it's it's the novelty of um, Lucha Underground. The first season was so like at an all time high that it, it it it's hard to match to compare that. And I think you're going to get that as the years go on, as 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 the seasons go on. Hopefully, as the seasons go on, um, they're going to have to like make make a few changes. And I think also the 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 seasons are going a little longer. So hopefully, they can come up with some more stuff i mean also we're not getting some of the guys that are that were regularly on the shows on more often because they're, they're back they're coming back from injuries or or being mur- you know disappearing um oh the other thing on that one show um we almost had we almost lost dario cueto when um matanza cueto knocked out um dario like he rammed him into the into the the jail the prison cell uh, we almost lost Dario Cueto, which would have been a nightmare for all of us. Because Dario Cueto, if anything, he's probably one of the one of the shining lights of Lucha Underground. We cannot lose him at any point. Um, the producers, the creators of Lucha Underground, you could kill anyone on this show except Dario Cueto. Um, anyone else, I'm okay with. Um, it's maybe there's a few others I, I I would probably be worried about if they they got murdered. Um, I, I don't want Vinny or Pentagon Dark or Phoenix to get killed off the show. Although, you know, with Phoenix and some of the guys who are um, like Jack Evans and those guys who are, are leaving, who just left AAA, we don't know what's going to happen because we still don't know what the situation is going to be with um, pertaining their situation with um, AAA. And um, also, uh, something I recommend you guys listen, um, Conan did an interview with Reyes del Beautiful. Um, I think Liger Fever already recapped all the all three parts, but there's some interesting stuff that um, Conan talked about with Lucha Underground, and how he really doesn't know um, what the situation is going to be for some of the guys who just left um, AAA. I think I think when season four gets announced, we'll we'll know more or less what's going to happen with the uh, with Ray Phoenix and um, Jack Evans, Sexy Star, all these people who left, and you know you think they left in. Um, you know, some of them say that they left in good terms, but it, it obviously it wasn't as good as as some people would 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 think they were. Um, so hopefully, we will get more on that. Uh, I think I think right now, I think right now I I'm okay with Lucha Underground being good everyone every other week, um, as long as it doesn't fall apart completely. Because I mean, you know, you're not gonna get every week isn't gonna be great. I mean, it's like CML. I mean. Every Friday show, I mean, we should be thankful that there were so many, like, I think in the last, I think from September to, to like, this past week, this past Friday, I mean, I think I think maybe 75, 80% of the shows were really good. 
So that's good. I mean, there's people who only watch the Friday shows and don't watch the Monday, Tuesday shows. But if you're watching the Monday, Tuesday shows, you know that that's, those shows have been horrible. Like 99% of the, <laughs> of that time that, that they've been going on. So, I mean, I don't watch the Tuesday shows, but I should mention, I've been watching the LA TV version and I, I don't think I've been men- missing much. I basically only pick out watching, um, whenever Echicero, the time at Chisero wrestles Ray Bucanero. And if they have a big singles match, I'll watch that. But any other, other stuff, it's like, I haven't really missed much. So, um, yeah, so that's all the news for this week. Um, I'm trying to think what else happened. Hopefully, Alberto didn't do anything crazy at the time of this recording because I'll be very upset that I, I'll end up turning this off and there will be more, more, more Alberto news. I don't see anything else other than comments from um, from everybody complaining about how he's a he's a son of a you know what um, from the people who are backing Rafi of the Ninja Turtles. Um, so yeah, next next show we'll probably talk about that. We'll talk about the DTU. We'll review. We'll recap. Hopefully, we'll recap. Next show we'll recap the DTU um, anniversary show on thir- from Thursday, the CMLL um, Friday show, and Lucha Underground. So yeah, thanks again for listening. We'll talk to you again next week.